0: The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. I'm Adrienne McDonald, and welcome to the Mindset Strategist podcast. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back. Today, I want to talk to you about who you think you are, not who do you think you are. This is about who do you believe yourself to be? What was the first thing that popped into your mind? Was it your name? Maybe your job title? Maybe a role you play in life, like a father, mother, sister, brother, partner? Do you really have a deep understanding of who you are? Because most people do not. I'm talking about the essence of who you are, not who other people think you are or expect you to be. Like most of us, you've been taught or convinced of things about yourself that aren't necessarily true. Whenever I do an exercise around this during a retreat, everyone comes back with perceptions based on their childhood roles. In other words, others' expectations. And they can't even tell me why they believe them. Your perception of yourself creates the results in your life, both the results you want and the results you don't want. You don't like your results or your circumstances or your environment, then you need to work on changing the concept you have of yourself. We project outwards what we don't believe we are capable of. And then we go and seek others out for validation. Now, sometimes that's a validation that we could do X, like an encouragement. Hey, do you think it's possible for me? And a kind human will respond, yeah, I could see that in you. And then sometimes, because your subconscious mind is insidious, you will seek out someone subconsciously to validate your fears. And until you heal those parts of yourself, you will repeatedly call those people into your life to validate those fears. Several years years ago, and I want you to keep in mind this is years into my own personal development journey, I had someone tell me I was profoundly dangerous. And those were the exact words, profoundly dangerous. (laughs) To make it worse, it came in a text so I could stare at it in print. This was not from an acquaintance. This was from someone I believed to be in my inner circle at the time. Someone I had been open with. The most me, you could say. When I saw that, I was completely gutted. Now, prior to this incident, I would have told you that You know, my mindset was on point. I'd been doing all this work, this inner healing, etc. And I I thought I could course correct pretty quickly. But in that moment, I was completely gutted. So much so that it got into my head and camped out there for a couple of weeks. It sent me into this block cycle spiral of worry, doubt, fear, Fortunately, I have a great mentor, so that was helpful. Took me back to the basics. What is the truth in this? It's one of the best questions you can ask yourself when you're struggling. What is the truth in this? It's also one of the most difficult questions to really dig into at times. The reality was, the truth of it was, the comment had nothing to do with me per se. That was the other person's stuff that was going on. It was not my circus, not my monkeys. But that was not the lesson for me. The lesson was, why did I allow this person's perception of me affect my view of myself? Why did it get to me so much? And I had to lean into that hard. If I didn't, I was going to let this feed that insecure part of me. I was going to repeat the pattern. I was going to sit in the cycle. And quite frankly, it was because it hit one of my own childhood stories at a level that I had not addressed yet. And I was repeating a pattern of allowing people into my life or calling people into my life even that were emotionally unavailable and liked to tell me how wrong I was at my core. Because at time in the past, if you weren't actively or passive-aggressively trying to sabotage me or taking me out, that was my definition of support. That was being a good friend That's a pretty low bar. We train people how to treat us. When we raise our standards, sometimes we have to let things go. Sometimes we have to let people go. Now hear me on this, because this is something I did not understand initially. You can remove a person from your life or put a boundary up with the original person that caused the issue. But unless you deal with that issue you will repeatedly call someone into your life to bring it up again. And that loud voice of, who do you think you are, returns. I used to hear that a lot as a kid. Who do you think you are? If you're not centered and self-aware, if you're not building your consciousness, your consciousness level will default to whatever grabs its attention. This also illustrates that growth is continuous. You never know, no matter how much work you do on it, when something's going to hit you and you're going to go down those layers of awareness. That's why training is good. That's why having good mentors are also good. Who do I think I am? I turn people's light back on. I help them see the universe differently one that's for them, not against them. I help them move in the world differently. Now, some people may still think I'm profoundly dangerous for that alone, and that's okay. because I know who I am, and I take responsibility for who I am and how I move in the world. I've raised my standards, and I'll continue to raise my standards. Worth is not given. It's claimed. One of my favorite quotes from Megan Watterson, and you have to claim it over and over and over again. So I ask you again, who are you? In order to change your results, you must become aware of your behavioral patterns and your belief systems. Most of our actions are driven by subconscious belief systems. what we talked about last weekend in the podcast. What are the roles you played in childhood? Were you the smart one? The rebel? The responsible one? The shy one? The people pleaser? The sick one? I love it when people say they were the rebel and that they still are. Then I ask them what they're rebelling against. That makes them think, well, I don't want to be like my parents. So often they didn't consider what they believed in. They just wanted to not believe what their parents believed in, and that was enough. Isn't that interesting? A polarization without consideration. We see that a lot now. That's not a response. That's a reaction. That's why I want you to look at this. Because some of those roles aren't serving you anymore. And you're still on autopilot. It's the things that you don't want to look at, that you don't want to address, that cost you the most. What are your values? Have you thought about that? Even better, have you ever looked up the definition of the word you claim is your value? Most of the time, I will get a response of honesty is a value. And I ask the person, what does that mean to you? And they'll come up with something. And then I'll ask for another value, a lot harder to come up with. Or someone will say nice. I don't, have you ever looked up the definition of nice? It has the word comply in it. I don't endeavor to be nice, I endeavor to be kind. Have you ever had a values discussion with your partner? The first time I did this, I was floored. All of my relationships, both the good and the bad, made much more sense after I took a long, hard look at my values. I always say, know the hills you'd be willing to die on, but evaluate those hills regularly. Why? Because your awareness changes, and that may change some of those hills. I know it has for me. I don't have the same belief systems I had in my 20s or my 30s or even five years ago. Let's talk block cycles. Everyone, everyone has had moments in their life where they just knew. That they just knew, like, deep and within our, their souls, they knew. Like, you knew it. You could just feel it. Doubt, worry, and fear are part of your block cycle. They block the knowing. They block you from pursuing and getting what you really desire in your life. The cycle that keeps you stuck. The cycle that keeps you complacent, unhappy. The stories in your head that you tell yourself, your patterned, behavior coming from your belief systems show you where you are with your block cycle. Michael Singer said two kinds of experiences can occur that block your heart. You are either trying to push energies away because they bother you or you're trying to keep energies close because you like them. In both cases, you're not letting them pass, and you're wasting precious energy by blocking the flow through resisting and clinging. That came from the untethered soul. So how do you break free? Well, first you need to understand that the block cycle never quite completely goes away. You just change your awareness around it. It comes down to personal responsibility. It's about evaluating those childhood roles and thinking about where and how they're affecting your behavior and your belief systems. Who are you? Now, at this point, you may be thinking, I I don't have any idea who I am bringing stuff up, making me question. And that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's okay. In fact, it might be even good because, again, you're starting to question things, explore a little bit. Perhaps ask yourself, when do you feel most like yourself? When you don't have to mask. When you don't have to fake it. When you don't have to dial it down or dial it up. When you don't have to explain yourself or justify yourself or prove yourself. Who are you in that moment? Explore that moment. Cultivate that moment. What are the roles, the ideas, the behaviors, the beliefs that you're holding on to that are clearly not you? Maybe be your parents, your your caretakers, your grandparents, your best friend, your partner. How do you break free? You do that by returning to the elements of trust. By steadfastly embodying the universal laws. From a practical standpoint. I find one of the easiest methods to instill this is by practicing the four agreements that Don Miguel was laid out in his book. Be impeccable with your word, especially to yourself, especially to yourself. Don't take anything personally. What someone says to you says more about them than it does about you. That is through their own perception, their own lens, their own life experiences, their own belief systems. Number three, don't make assumptions. We don't perceive things as they generally are. We perceive them as we are, through our lens, through our perceptions, through our belief systems. Number four, always do your best. When you do your best, you don't subject yourself to frustration, guilt, self-judgment, regrets. In other words, you don't feed your block cycle. So think about your childhood roles. Think about your values. You may not be all that you wanna be in this moment probably one of the reasons why you're listening to this podcast. But you can start creating a vision for who you want to be and then take steps to show up as that person. Does not happen all at once? Take a nugget. Take one nugget and change that one thing this week. Or, if you're still exploring... Ask yourself, what, what do I need to let go? Where did this come from? I'll be sharing a couple of books I recommend in the show notes. However, just remember, you can't study your way into successful habits and behaviors and belief systems. Studying can play a very seductive trick on your mind in personal development. It can keep you stuck in an endless cycle of learning instead of doing. Take it from one who knows. I love reading. I love studying. I love building knowledge. Actually, knowledge is one of my core values. All the books, all the seminars, masterminds, conferences, coaching programs, therapy, None of it is effective unless you take action on what you're learning. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope to connect next week. Thanks for listening to the Mindset Strategist podcast. If you'd like more information, check out my website at www.adriannmcdonald.com.